tell legal lies. I tell legal lies. Lies, lies, legal lies. I tell legal lies. Legal lies. Legal lies. Legal lies. Ban on drugs. Ban on drugs. And legal lies. Welcome back to another episode of Black Law and Legalize, where we specialize in the legal lies. Y'all do. I don't. I'm all about that truth. Sure, sure. I'm one of your hosts, Dan. You can find me on Twitter at I am Dan on Drugs. And I am also one of your hosts. And if you be tweeting, I be tweeting at I tell legal lies. And where can they find you, Afro Becky? Around the house. Yeah, I'm around the house. But um, yeah, I'm not on any kind of social media. So wow. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, you can follow the show as well at Black Law Podcast on all platforms. And remember, if you like the show, subscribe, rate five stars because we are awesome yeah all of that so today we have no show notes really so we kind of winging this shit um you don't have to tell people that man that's cool i want them to see how talented we be because we don't need no show notes to uh you always be talking about you need show notes i do need show notes but guess what we improvising today and let me tell (laughs) y'all why we're improvising please enlighten us we had a show scheduled for Wednesday. That's oh, our recording oh wait, day. Hold up. Are we still mm-hmm. fighting about this shit? No, we're not. I'm just um no, letting you the already, listeners you, in. No, no. Mm-hmm. We already discussed this thing. You already tried this on Twitter, and I think but I won. Other, How did you win? I think I won. Oh, I'm speechless. I think I'm I won. I'm speechless, but that's mm-hmm. okay. You can think you won. So let no. me tell y'all what happened. What had happened was... Sounds like a lie. We were supposed to record Wednesday. That's our normal recording day, right? Mm-hmm. So I get a text at about 4.30 and we, we start, for, that's we a start lie. recording at about 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I get a text, uh, not going to be able to make the show today. Okay. That is not what the text said. That's, that's let me tell my story. Mm-hmm. So I get this text and no, not going to be able to make the show. So I'm like, huh figures so i had to burn an episode that i had in the stash because i because dealing with unreliable people you do (laughs) have to stash shit you have to have a backup so my backup is paul that dude he's like an honorary host of this show so dug into the uh archives we dug out the cps stuff so we, we had to burn a show and that's, that was our notes. So now we have no notes. I know. So see, so in rebuttal, just so as I've uh, said on Twitter, so that you all can gauge the veracity of this person yourself. Notice that he said at 430. Actually, it was not. It was well before 12 o'clock. And I do have text messages to prove this your honor this was not this was not in discovery anyway as i said this is well before 12 o'clock when i sent him this message thank you objection you can object you are objection your honor this was not in. and you are objectionable who is the judge in this situation because i'm just listening The, the, the people are the judge however Tell me what you think. You get a text. And and I also, I would like to bring <laughs> her her character <laughs> up. Um, you haven't given a demonstration of her character I'm going for the to. court to review. I'm going to mm. right now. Mm. So, Your Honor, I also get a text. Uh, we work out twice a week. Mm. Um, Mondays and Fridays or Mondays and the Wednesdays we're not recording. Mm-hmm. I get a text at about... This was about 11.30 a.m. saying, no, it was around 12.30. No, saying, it was not. Um, Once again, saying, way before uh, 12 Your o'clock. Honor, Your Honor, if, if she will not contain herself, I'm going to ask <laughs> that you find her in contempt. <laughs> so the message read, uh, yo, Slim, I'm not going to be able to make it to the, the workout. So uh, I'm just telling you way in advance, capitalized way in advance, so you can make other arrangements. So, way in advance is the day of. So, I, I submit that to the court. So, once again, 
the court has to judge the veracity of the witness, which at this point is pretty shot, seeing as how he said that I texted him at four o'clock and I have the proof that it was well before 12 on Wednesday. So Thank are you, you. going to post your proof Absolutely, on because he tries to post shit about our text messaging that patently false, but I have these and I will post them. So if my text messages are patently false, as you claim, right? No, that's not what I said. Mm-hmm. I said that you talk about posting text messages that you claim you have mm-hmm. and what you say is patently false. The text don't lie. So um That's what you say, yeah, but I never I never saw you did you produce those texts? I did. They are on Wait, Twitter. You produced these texts mm-hmm. when we had a verbal conversation no. about Jaden. Can you prove it? Yeah, I know exactly when we spoke. Mm-hmm. You know, my my phone records will tell us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those mm-hmm. phone records will mm-hmm. also produce us having a conversation about no, when Jaden was coming what we town. talked about. Mm-hmm. And I know what was said. I have no recollection of yeah, that of conversation. Course you don't. Mm-hmm. All right, America. So there you have it. You have uh, just Anne's side and you have Dan on drugs side of the story. So uh, you decide who's in the right. Who's in the wrong? Wait, they don't even know what they're judging. <laughs> so anyway, today what we are talking about is forced sterilization. Now, when we were talking about the Jim Crow, um, the Jim Crow laws, we, we kind of briefly mentioned that, especially in the state of Virginia, they were sterilizing people. So upon further research, we... Uh, Well, I saw that North Carolina was another um, key state and California was the state that was the The California was the state. Yes. And believe it or not, like we we give uh, Hitler and the Germans so much shit, the Nazis so much shit about how wrong they were and how fucked up their eugenics program that they were using to exterminate Mm -hmm. the Jews Mm -hmm. came from California. So the state of California, of yeah, and you know what I made also, in America. You know what I also read, and I had to laugh because I was incredulous. It was like, really, Hitler actually sent fan mail to the scientists and the authors of the eugenics laws. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. he sent them fan mail, and I'm sitting up here like. Are you serious right now? Y'all like that. Y'all mm. just keep doing what y'all doing. You know, I'm a big fan of the program. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that that's kind of fucked up. And we give the Nazis and Hitler so much shit like, oh, they were just wrong. They were just the only thing he did different is his propaganda com- campaign, which is uh, then we started doing that, um, basically saying, you know, we're, we're trying to keep people safe. We're trying to keep people healthy by exterminating them. Well, see, what he was trying to do was weed out all this badness. You know, the things that we think or the things that America thought was really bad, like being a person of color, being poor. This is America. You know, be... Be, you know, poor people should not have the ability to procreate because why would you bring more poor people into your life? Yeah. And that that was actually one of those things, too, where the um I, I forget who did this study, but it was such a suedo science pseudo science. I was study. just about to say what the hell is suedo. I like mm-hmm. saying suedo. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a suedo science pseudo science. Um thing where they said poverty breeds poverty poverty, right and there's no way around it craziness breeds craziness Mm -hmm. Uh because you know genetic your as far as your genetics is concerned mental illness is which really some mental illness it is is hereditary some some but everybody's whose parent is crazy will not be crazy but that was the suedo science that the eugenics program was based on. Mm-hmm. And from what, from my research, um, it was Wait, either. 
You did research. Becky did some research. Well, I did. Okay, let's let's not Shout call it Becky. research, but let's call it reading. Okay, You're reading okay. research. Yes. Okay. So, um, the three states you mentioned—North Carolina, California, California Virginia. and Virginia—they mm-hmm. weren't the only states in the union that were doing this. 32. It was like I read a different number. Um, Thirty-three is what I read. Wait, what was your number, Beck? My number was 35. Wow. Well, technically, yes. Um, Initially, there were 35 states, but two of them stopped stopped it before it can even get off the ground. Their eugenics programs were established. They never sterilized anybody, and then they shut their eugenics programs down. I forget the two states. What was crazy, though, about... That whole eugenics thing when it was rampant. Which was in the 19, what, 40s, well, 20s, 40s? 19, 1906, 1907, up until 1970, yes. actually. California had a 70-year run. They actually sterilized over 20,000 people. And Without even, consent. But what's crazy, well, you didn't need consent because it was legal for you to do it. <gasps> What you, wait, wait. You didn't, you didn't. You didn't need. You did not because the the way the law worked was if you were in a mental institution, if you were incarcerated, you could be sterilized by whomever, like the warden, whoever the superintendent of that facility was. They were given the they were given the authority to do this. Now, what's crazy about that though? Is that, like I said, California, which is why we say they were the Mac daddies of this whole thing. Over 20,000 people were sterilized. That is roughly one third of the the entire population that was sterilized. Entire. So California was like, we doing it big. But, you know, it was basically focused on Asians and Mexicans. Mexicans. Hispanics. Uh Uh-huh. People of color. Absolutely. And minorities. Absolutely. So my in my reading, there did need to be consent in, I don't know about California, but in North Carolina and in Virginia, there needed to be consent, right? The a lot of the medical records were they were forged and these the doctors either signed off on them or some some worker at some of these institutions. So in one lady's case, I'm going to have to look her case up. She was 13 years old and she was raped by she was walking home from school and she got raped by some random person. Right. So she ended up having the child. And while she was having the child, she was being sterilized, basically mm-hmm. the same day that she was um she was given birth. So and that's basically how they did it. There was there's actually. Later on in the program, I'd like to go Ooh, through. we got a program. Yes, program. I would like to go through some cases. There are about three of them, Supreme Court cases, that actually touched or not touched. The focus of those cases were these eugenic laws. But what's crazy, you're, you're saying that they had to be consent. Not when the law was made. Mm-hmm. What the law gave, like I said, the superintendents the ability to do was to sterilize people without their consent. And the reason why you didn't need consent was because the justification was this is to further our society. This is to create to Ensure. limit to <laughs> limit the number of crazy people. Um, poor people and delinquent um, and criminals <laughs> and criminal people in our society. So this was for society's good. Right. So let me jump in and read this real quick. Um, now that we're in, now that we're in North Carolina, um, North Carolina actually produced and distributed these brochures. Um, a lot of people were kind of wrestling with the whole eugenics idea so, uh, let's see. Procter and Gamble, Haynes, hmm. and R.J. Reynolds Tobacco formed a group called the Human Betterment 
league. Mm -hmm. So they published these pamphlets and brochures that said things like North Carolina offers its citizens protection in the form of selective sterilization. And the job of parenthood is too much to expect of (laughs) feeble minded men and women. Morons, the league called them. Hmm. The Human Betterment League made um, social workers and doctors and public officials feel like they were humanitarian heroes for sterilizing people. So the message kind of went from state to state um, after World War II, but Mecklenburg County's eugenics effort had something even more sterilization as a birth control. Mm-hmm. So there's a common thread in the case files from the summer of 1955. Many of them note that sterilization proceedings were instituted by a man named Wallace H. Kuralt. He was the head of the Mecklenburg County Public Welfare Program from 1945 until 1972. The name may sound familiar to some of you because his son Charles was a famous journalist for CBS. Hmm. Kuralt did not believe that women should be sterilized against their will. He was a champion for reproductive rights who wanted to help women prevent pregnancy when they couldn't afford the children they already had. But this was the 50s. Abortion was illegal and the birth control pill wasn't available. Existing methods for women were complicated or unreliable. Having your tubes tied, on the other hand, was very reliable. So Kuralt knew his welfare clients couldn't afford to pay a doctor for sterilization. So he referred them over to the eugenics board and the government would pay. So consider this case that Kuralt initiated. Married female, age 38, two children, currently pregnant. She wandered out into the woods to have her last child. They sleep on corn shucks and cotton piled in the corner. This couple came to the welfare department to request sterilization for the woman. So it's a question, I guess, of consent. Carl didn't know if um, the woman really wanted it and some so or some social workers kind of pushed her, her into consent. doing it. Yeah. Right. So they um, some of the things they did do back then was um, threaten women to withhold their welfare benefits. Absolutely. And that they they are kind of doing jumping off and hanging on to that little coattail. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something that I read that, you know, we mentioned how not inadvertently because this this was actually probably the folk, well, the one of the major focuses or folk guy of these eugenics programs. You know, we mentioned that it adversely affected lower income and minority people, people who had been marginalized anyway. I read this statistic as far as Puerto Rico, because, you know, in light of, you know, Puerto Rico is still in recovery mm-hmm. from Maria. Mm-hmm. I want to throw Puerto Rico out there. Puerto Ricans in the island of Puerto Rico, more than California, was affected hugely by these programs. And this was U.S. government funded. They actually had a program that was run by Planned Parenthood on the island that eventually sterilized one third of the women on the island of Puerto Rico. So wait, would that would that have been the Puerto Rican government or the U.S. government? The U.S. government. U.S. government. U.S. government sponsored via Planned Parenthood. This program ran from 1937. Up until 1968 and effectively sterilized a third of the women on the island. So what was the justification? Poor? Same thing. Same. Basically, same situation. These are lower income women. In California, one of the cases that I'm going to talk about, that was you mentioned having giving birth. And then either having a hysterectomy or tubulation. That's what was happening in California at the state's hospitals to Mexican women. They were mm-hmm. given birth and they were given either hysterectomies or tubulations. So, well, let's jump into some of these California cases here, mm-hmm. right? Well, 
Let's talk about Iris Lopez. I'm going to tell y'all about Iris Lopez. So in 1942, Iris Lopez, she was a Mexican-American woman. She was working at the cow shipyards in Los Angeles. She was working on the home front building victory ships, not only added to the war effort, but allowed Iris to support her family. Mm. So her participant, <laughs> Jurassic Park just opened up biggest shit over my whole screen. Dang. Like, as I'm trying to say participation, look, look, look at this shit. Like a big Tyrannosaurus Rex and Jeep trying to sell me Jeeps. <clears throat> okay, again. Um, Iris's participation in the World War II effort made her part of a celebrated time in U.S. history when economic opportunities opened up for women and youth of color. However, before joining the shipyards, Iris was entangled in another lesser known history. At the age of 16, Iris was committed to a California institution Mm -hmm. and sterilized. So, um... Basically, California led the nation in this effort um, at social engineering. And between the early 20s and 50s, uh, 20,000 people, da-da-da. Man, fuck this website. It's like shit keeps opening and then it shifts my <laughs> paragraphs and I can't find where I was. So uh, over to you, Anne. That, that's what the news people do. Like <laughs> when, when they fucking up, they be like, and over to you. Okay, so we've been talking about the history of the eugenics laws. I want to bring this into current times because although all eugenics laws are off the books, how many of us know that it is still happening today? I was not aware of that. Yeah. Okay, so California, once again, they know how to party and they know how to do some crazy other shit too. Mm-hmm. Between 1997 and 2010, California paid over a hun- almost $150,000 to have doctors sterilize. Wait, 150K? Yes. They paid almost $150,000 in this four year time span to have approximately 250 inmates, women, sterilized. Okay, on what grounds? They were incarcerated, they were pregnant, had the babies. In jail. In jail, and got clipped and snipped, basically coerced into doing it. Uh, Well, that sounds to me like, all right, Um, is there a way to prove that they were coerced? They, they actually, if you look, Yes, America and abroad. Go and look. They they have the records. They know that they did it and they know that what they did was wrong. It's it's in the it's in it's out there. Go and look at it. So this was 2010. So let me move up to 2017. Okay, so how many of us know about Tennessee and several other states, North Carolina included? That well, let me go back to Tennessee. There's a judge in Tennessee, black dude, white dude, okay, who basically offered people to drop their sentence. Okay, yeah, I do remember that by 30 days. If men, if you got a vasectomy, women, if you got the four year birth control implant. They um in North Carolina, Paul was telling me about a case where kind of the same thing. There was a deadbeat dad. He was way behind on child support. He was either going to go to jail or the judge, because of how many kids he had, the judge offered him uh his, uh, his sentence would be to get a vasectomy and he would walk free and not serve any time because of his uh back child support. I don't remember what the guy did. Um, pretty. I, I would hope he did the jail time. Well, uh, according to what I read in the Tennessee, in this particular instance, about 32 women and 35 men to date have taken the judge up on his 30-day um, less. 30, on, days. 30 days. Like, so if my sentence is, <laughs> let's say I get... Three years? What the fuck is 30 days? 30 days. Well, Even if I get a year, what's 30 days? Hold up. I have a quote from the judge, and this is what 
it's funny because they I guess they were asking him um how or why he was f- the, Did you know he the 30 say days something about Jesus was <laughs> Jesus thrown in there anywhere cuz every time a judge does some fucked up shit he throws Jesus in there like the Mississippi judge who wouldn't let the mother see her kid until she paid all her court fines he compared himself to Jesus by saying well sure not everyone agreed with Jesus and then the other dude um what was the other judge that Paul was talking about no he didn't say anything about Jesus he basically said 30 days well this is what this is what he said why he did it he said that he hoped to encourage them to take personal responsibility by snipping their dicks hmm. and Making them unable to procreate. And he says that what it is, whatever White County, Tennessee, is where he's doing this. Wait, the name of the county is White County? Yes. Sterilize (laughs) them all. (laughs) Sterilize them. Every last one of them. Hold up. So wait, I thought you would say this, but White County is, according to the information that I have, is Hmm. OPR. Opioid plagued. Opioid plagued, okay. Right. And Sound like my kind so, of town. So basically, he's offering this 30-day reduction in sentencing to misdemeanor offenders, though. Check this out. Not felony offenders, but misdemeanor defendants. So the guy who um, basically been driving around without a license. Or they find drug, maybe they find drug paraphernalia. Well, what is the demographic makeup of this county? And what were, do you happen to have the ethnicities of these people Watt. that were offered? What? Mm. It's White County. And uh, yeah, it's in Tennessee. And what? So the total population in White County is 25,000 something or another. And it is 96. Six three percent white, one point six percent black, and point two percent Native Americans and Asians. Mm-hmm. So sterilize them. What the <laughs> fuck? I ain't got. I don't see nothing wrong with that. So yeah, like then in Georgia and North Carolina, they basically tell these people they give them an option, and of course this is all optional. But your option is you want your children back sterilize yourself yep you want to you want to get off of this charge sterilize yourself i'm with it so yeah fuck that as much shit as they done put us through as minorities shit we got sterilized for for looking at people wrong basically but shit i'm with it well i remember at least they getting a choice yeah (laughs) like i remember there was this um state or federal it could either it was a senator or a, a state rep that proposed legislation for um, welfare recipients to mm-hmm. um, be sterilized in order to continue to receive the benefits. The benefits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This was not that long ago, maybe mm-hmm. within the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think he was from here. That um, wouldn't surprise me. No. See, the thing is, but since we were talking about eugenics and justifications, the same justifications that they were using to say these eugenics laws are exactly what we need, these are the exact same justifications that these district attorneys and these judges are using. They are using the exact same justifications. Personal responsibility. That was said a multitude of times when these eugenics laws were being talked about. Personal responsibility. But how can you tell me, take personal responsibility for myself, but the option that you give me is my children stay in the custody of the court or I sterilize myself? So basically, I have to make a choice now. Either my nuts stay intact or and and I don't get to see my kids. I don't get my kids or y'all basically uh, what's the word? Castrate me. (laughs) And um, then I could see my kids. It's like, damn, that's kind of a fucked up position to be in. But that's personal responsibility. 
accept oh. that. Oh, and I bet, by the way, you have to pay for it yourself. I bet it's going to be tax, the kicker. I bet you the taxpayers pay for that shit. Absolutely. So in um, as, as far as the whole state to state to state thing, right? So we mm-hmm. know California did about 20, a little over 20,000 sterilizations mm-hmm. on um, mostly mostly women, women of color, poor That's people. Correct. North Carolina did about 8,500, give or take. And Virginia did about 8,000. And I think Virginia's program ran the longest up until 1979. I want to say North Carolina stopped in 74 and went California might have stopped in the early 70s. Give or take. But so they didn't really stop. But OK. The the you, the law was um whatever overturned or some shit. So at anyway, at some point, the Supreme Court said that this shit was constitutional. Absolutely. Ooh, and that's one of my Oh yeah, man. That is one of my cases. Can we wait? Let's get into that, that one. That was like Bell or Belt versus um Buck V Bell. Yeah, there Hell you go. Hell yeah. So y'all are y'all familiar with I know you know the name. Are you familiar with what this case involved? Probably sterilization. Absolutely. You're right. Ding ding ding. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Smart. Yeah. All right. So just to let you know, Buck was a white woman. Carrie Buck, white woman, okay? So she was actually the very first person to be sterilized under Virginia's eugenics law, okay? So Carrie Buck's mother was involuntarily institutionalized for being feeble-minded and promiscuous, okay? So basically she was a dumb hoe in today's speak. Which is what what that translates to. Mm -hmm. All right. So, of course, because the science behind eugenics says that if your mama is a dumb hoe, you're going to be a dumb hoe. Mm -hmm. And it's going to keep on coming. Right. Daddy an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Sound like Eminem's upbringing. Exactly. So, Carrie got pregnant and had her baby and was promptly sterilized. Under you, under Virginia's eugenics law. How old was she? Do we know? No, I don't have that stat. But this is what's the effed up part. Because of this, this is actually the case that set the president that said that what they did was legal. That these eugenics laws were the law of the land. The Supreme Court said, yes, Virginia's law was perfectly constitutional. And that basically led to the sterilization of over 60,000 people. But let me tell you, this is the thing that I wanted to get to. Oliver Wendell Holmes, one of our Supreme Court justices. Wait, Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. (laughs) Just because I I be knowing shit sometimes. Anyway. Oh, hold on. Uh, Carrie Buck was 18 years old. Damn, when she was sterilized? Uh Uh-huh. Damn. I've heard younger. Younger. Oh, yeah. I have I have a stat on that one, too. Anyway, so this is what Oliver Wendell Holmes said. And this dude was a bastard. In writing part of the opinion, this is what he had to say. Three generations of imbeciles are enough. Hmm. So your mama dumb hoe, you a dumb hoe, and the baby that you just had is already one. A dumb hoe. Um... So in in saying that, was he referring directly to the family or was he saying in general? Directly to the family. Because, of course, Carrie's not having any more children. Mm -hmm. And that's why he said three generations was enough. Now, But Carrie's children could have children. Mm -hmm. Right. But I guess they were basically saying, we're nipping this in the bud. I hope they didn't get her. I don't know if it was a son or a daughter, but her child. Because that... That's basically what that told me. He was setting right. it up for, okay, we go stop stop them in their tracks too. Because when this child gets to be of age, we go get her or mm-hmm. him. But going back to what Becky said, absolutely right. Nine years old mm. was the youngest that I found recorded. Nine. Nine years old. And it was a girl. Nine-year-old yeah. child. I can say without knowing what um what case you're going to bring up that they probably sterilized her for being promiscuous or having promiscuous tendencies. 
because I did read a few things the other day about um, they that teachers were submitting notes and uh, reports to doctors saying that passing a note in class to a boy, a flirtatious note or um, talking about having a boyfriend, all were considered promiscuous uh, activities, which led to some sterilization. So am I right? Was it for being promiscuous? Yes, it was. And absolutely. And so piggybacking off of that, we said a third of the four sterilizations were carried out in California. This is another third. A third of the women who were sterilized involuntarily were under the age of 18. So you are talking about, like I said, children. You took children. You took the ability of these children to have children. Mm-hmm. Away even before they knew really what they had. Right. Even Wait, <laughs> wouldn't that be, all right, uh, just thinking constitutionally here, though, wouldn't wouldn't that violate your right to, to pursue the happiness or some it, bullshit it, like that? It's, it's a universal right, and you're absolutely right, which, why, which is why eventually these laws were struck down as unconstitutional. But... Think about in that time, what was going on in that time. We talked about Jim Crow and we talked about how these laws adversely affected minorities and poor people. So these things go hand in hand. The whole purpose of this was to stop the population of these United States from growing people of color and poor people, Asians, Mexicans, other Hispanics. So anything non-white was a threat back then, if you think about it. In California, the threat was Hispanics and Asians. In the South, the threat was African-Americans. Anybody know what the Mississippi appendectomy is? Yes, that's when they remove your appendix because you're black. Mm. No. <clears throat> okay, no. well, what's your, what's your guess, Becky? They, ster- it's a, they sterilize you. It's a hysterectomy, but that's what they call them in um, the Deep South. Because, you know, most people of color, they went to the charity hospitals, Mm -hmm. which were basically teaching hospitals, correct? Right. So, I thought a charity meant giving shit away. Yeah. But they use the experience that they are gaining by serving the underserved with less that's educated this is like their their tutorial right, like, this right, is a how-to like right now most charity hospitals residents are there it's it's a teaching hospital so in order for me to teach you about hysterectomies i need to perform hysterectomies correct uh, so well, not necessarily let me let me stop you right here because in today's age are we talking about today or are no. we talking about, okay, back then? All right, so back then, right? I personally, if I were growing up back then, I would oh. know how to land a plane without anyone <laughs> ever have, having showed me how to land a plane. Really? Because it's as simple as, do you want to live? Yes, <laughs> Wait, I do. Okay, so let me back up a little bit. What the fuck does this have to do with everything? Mississippi? Everything because you're saying, plane you, you are saying what you are saying. Shit. What you are saying is that in order for someone to Shut do up. something, you need to be shown how to do it. And I say that that is untrue. You're stupid. That's a falsehood. You're stupid. Anyway, so at these teaching hospitals, they would give. Women of color, unnecessary hysterectomies, and they call them Mississippi appendectomies. So does appendectomy, does that refer to your appendix at all? Yes, it does. Okay. It does. but Because it was under the guise of... Gotcha. (laughs) So speaking of appendectomies, and we had talked about Native Americans, this was also something that was perpetrated upon them. And they actually, during between 1970 and 1980s, they performed hysterectomies on Native American women under the guise of appendectomy. See, so I just think Native Americans have been 
just dumped on every single point in history. Yeah, because as our caller from the gym, well, no, the interracial um, show uh-huh. that we did, the caller that we're still trying to get in the studio said, well, Christopher Columbus founded something that wasn't law. The natives were here. People of color, natives were here. But Christopher Columbus, they came over here, he, he get a holiday because he founded America. That's bullshit. Can't found nothing. He found some Indians here who showed him how to cook and, 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 and shuck corn and all that. That's what he found. But that's what white people do. They take over. The Indians, they, they Native got Americans, they got shit they on. They got shit on the entire all the way. time. But wait, I didn't give you the stat on that whole under the guise of appendectomies, Mm -hmm. using that ruse, they performed hysterectomies and tubal ligations on between 25 and 50% of the Indian population. Women. Women. Indian Now, I'm going to tie that in to black folks, right? I look at people like my grandmother, my aunts, my cousins. They don't like to take medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Don't matter what's wrong with them. They could have uh their their um scissions could be infected, right? <laughs> uh-huh. And scissions. Yeah, could be infected, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like the doctor will give you some antibiotics and say you need to take these antibiotics. Their blood pressure, they can have uh high blood pressure. You got to take medicine to lower your blood pressure. They do not trust doctors. They do not trust medicine. And that's that's probably a large reason why. Think exactly. about that. Mm-hmm. And you have the I'm Tuskegee, I'm following you. Tuskegee that's experiment. Right. That's right. Then you have all these sterilizations. I, I was unaware of exactly the to, to what extent the sterilizations uh, went. But it's like black folks don't trust doctors. We don't go to doctors half of the time. Like I know plenty of people who could have lived had they gone to a doctor. But they didn't. Because, they did not. Right. They we, don't, we don't trust. Distrust. Yeah. Because if you think about it, you know, taking what you just said and look unpacking that, how often have you heard about doctors who, because you are African-American or because you are Hispanic, will not give you the level of service oh. that they will give to a Caucasian person? I got one for you. Check this out, right? All right, painkillers, right? One of my favorite pastimes. Now, in like an operation, a procedure, or whatever the case may be, where a white person would be prescribed painkillers, opiates, mm-hmm. Vicodin, Percocet. Mm-hmm. For every three white people that get prescribed opiate medication, only one. Only one black person gets prescribed. Mm-hmm. Now, this is actually in medical literature. It specifically says that black people have a higher tolerance, tolerance for pain. Wow. So <laughs> basically, they, they're saying, and, you know, you get all this bullshit about humans are humans. Nobody's different. You know, it's, it's just skin color. But no, there's shit in medical literature that says we are different. We now, have, it's not we true. Have, but We have higher pain tolerances. So don't give us the Vicodins and the Percocets, mm-hmm. but give it to Johnny. And now Johnny has an opioid addiction. And addiction <laughs> not run. that he needs to go oh, to rehab yes. for, not jail. Yes, yes and absolutely. That's, that's the other thing, too, is they they not they say it's twofold. They say, one, is we have higher pain thresholds, but two, is we are, are uh, predisposed to More likely to, to addiction. addiction. Yes. Right. But who right now is in the grips of an opioid crisis. Me. Epidemic. Me. Who? Me. You are? Yeah, I can't find any. I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying white bread country. Yeah, they call America. it um they call it hillbilly heroin mm. because I mean heroin and opiates go hand in hand. I think heroin's like a stronger version of right. the the It's an pills. opiate. Mm-hmm. So these small country towns that did not have access to heroin. Mm-hmm. Met. They got access to pills, pills. through through mm-hmm. doctors. Mm-hmm. So that shit just like swept those small backwoods mm-hmm. counties to where, like, I want to say uh, Broward County, Florida, for the longest, had all those pain, pain pill mills yeah, mm-hmm. popping up. And they traced back opiates in West Virginia, Kentucky, Ohio, and a couple of other states. They were able to trace all of the opiates back, and we're talking large numbers, like hundreds of thousands. 
of pills to Broward County, wow. Florida. Mm-hmm. So that you used to be able to go into these clinics. And I, I know this from watching a documentary. Mm-hmm. Not by personal experience. I, if I would have <laughs> known about them back then, I might have showed up. Nah, because you had to pay cash. So I would have right. been like, nah, I'm good. But um, all you would have to do at these pain clinics is one, show up with an MRI. Mm-hmm. The MRI did Didn't not have to have be to, yours. It, no, it had to be yours. <laughs> it had to be yours. I think, yeah, it had to be yours. But it did not have to say that anything is wrong with you. You just needed an MRI, wow. period. Wow. So we have a friend that worked at um, mm-hmm. a, a pill mill. Mm-hmm. And she didn't know that she was working, working for a pill mill. <laughs> working for a drug dealers, basically. <laughs> she thought, yeah, this lady named Cookie, she was a fine, you know, doctor, but... No, nah, she she <laughs> she said that they would line up at like seven o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. in the parking lot. Place ain't open at nine, ten, eleven o'clock. Dang. So they got a line around the block, people fighting, fist fighting over their spot in line, and all of them were not black. Absolutely. But guess so- who was slanging them pills though? <laughs> But so to get back to this whole and yeah, we we took a major sidebar, but it's interconnected. Yes. Because disproportionately, people of color, minority, lower income people were affected by this eugenics, these eugenics laws. They are actually still being affected mm-hmm. by these laws, even though they're no longer on the books. As I said earlier, judges and prosecutors are now plea deals have these provisions in them and it's like how the hell are you dictating to someone okay i'll let you go i'll drop you down to a lesser charge and there is a case that i i saw the it was a guy as a part of his plea he received a vasectomy and a lesser charge of child endangerment. I don't know what the hell he did, but he took it. And so, like I said, there's mothers out there. You want your children back, sterilize yourself. And they're taking it because when you have a choice between my living child who I want back and future children that I may or may not have. Or may or may not be able to take care of. what What's my, what's my choice here? So... Anytime you are linking a plea to my reproductive choice, this is America. Yes. Can you get your tubes untied? You can. Mm-hmm. There is such a thing as a reverse. So is when they when they tie your tubes, is it literally a knot? Like they're tying now they now they actually fry them. They they cut them. That shit they, sound good. And, with, and they cauterize them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then there's another thing where they um like you do scart make you create scar, scar tissue, tissue right um in the tube so that nothing can pass through right right so yeah hey. let, let me let me talk about some of these cases because we already talked about buck v bell mm-hmm. that actually set the precedent that said these laws were constitutional lord thank you that we actually came we woke up america america got woke this is America, masturbating neighbor. Huh. That's the asking attorney. Okay. Anyway, so, so we touched on Buck v. Bell. Right. Which, as I said, set the precedent that these laws were constitutional. Let's get into one of some of these California things. This one is Madrigal versus Quillian. And this had to do with what I was talking about, these people going into these hospitals, having babies and coming out sterilized. Mm -hmm. Right. So this actually was case 1960s and 70s. This was another case that brought these things to light and gave people some relief. But the last case that I want to talk about, um, Ralph V. Weinberger. That's Harvey Weinstein, brother. I don't know. But so these were actually about two African-American females. So, excuse me, y'all. Mary Alice and Minnie Ralph were their names. I read this. Did you read that one? I did. I did not. This, this, This right here was the epitome of F the hell up. 12 and 14 years old people. Okay. 
Alabama sterilized. So their mom was illiterate. And for all you who don't know, that means she couldn't read or write. Mm -hmm. And that also means in today's terms, you dumb. Anyway, so her children were mentally challenged, right? My bad. Stupid. (laughs) Anyway, so these girls were mentally disabled and she thought that she was, she signed an X on this paper that she was given. She thought that her children were getting the birth control shots. You know, she was trying to do the responsible thing. Wait, her, they had that back? This is 60s? They this had is, the shots? This is 74-ish. Yeah, huh. this is 70. I thought Depovera was relatively new. No. Huh, interesting. So, as I said, was trying to do the responsible thing was signing for her children to get on birth control because I guess she said, I'm more than sure the woman worked. So her children were mentally deficient. So she, in case they got taken advantage of, she did not want her children to become pregnant because that, of course, more miles for her to feed. Mm-hmm. But they actually were sterilized. And so the Southern Poverty Law Clinic or center filed a lawsuit on behalf of them. And through that lawsuit, they found out. Now, this was back in 1974. They found out that between 100,000 and 150,000 poor people were being sterilized each year under federally funded programs. Each year? Yes each year and um because of this suit and others like it something called the eugenics compensation act was enacted Hmm. that um gave reparations to the surviving victims of forced sterilization what they get like three thousand dollars wait hold up you're not ready So I don't know if this was a type or not, and I hope and pray that it is. So let's talk about North Carolina. Check it out. $5,000. So wait, North Carolina has paid $35,000 to 220 surviving victims. Now, I don't know how to read this. I don't know if it's $35,000 each. If it is, that's still not enough. But if this is... 35,000 all together over the 220 people. That is roughly $159. Let's hope that it's $35,000 per funds intended to aid with $50,000 payments to verified North Carolina eugenics victim. The remainder of the monies would be used to support the continued efforts of the North Carolina Justice for Sterilization Victims Foundation. Okay, so it is per person. Mm-hmm. But that's still not enough. Nope. How do you give me 50 grand? I know Virginia did 25 grand. 25, and Virginia that's was right. the first state to actually pay these reparations, right? Their reparations were 25 grand per person. Mm-hmm. Now, think about that. You have gone your whole life. There was this poor old man. He was um, a former military vet. He never had any kids because he was sterilized. Um, At the age of 14? Was that the guy? He, it was a guy. Uh, he White had, guy, too. Yeah, white dude. Mm-hmm. I think I know who you're talking about. He had, what was it? Um, some kind of, they thought he was mentally ill. He wasn't. It was, uh, there's a sickness that... If you don't know what it is, it resembles being slow or um, being slow. mentally defective. Uh, so he didn't have that. And um, they sterilized him. So he went on, served his country, mm. could never have kids. And I watched a video of him uh, on YouTube. They did an interview with him. And this man was like in tears, damn near 80 years old now, could never have kids, could never have grandkids. He could never have a family, period. So that the, the $25,000, they asked him about it. And he was like, that shit's it's more symbolic than anything. And, right. Because what is that going to do for him? And I do remember 
I do remember seeing that guy. I think he, his name was his last name is Willis. Right. That mm-hmm. it is. He was 14 years old when he was sterilized mm-hmm. and it was because he was in a juvenile facility. Mm-hmm. So he did something, went to juvie and they sterilized him. Man, that's that's fucked up. So, uh in closing, today's episode was This is America. Yeah, to to For those of you who weren't familiar with the forced sterilization, and it was forced for people they considered feeble-minded, imbeciles, uh, morons. What are some of the other words? Poor, promiscuous. Promiscuous. Um, And a lot of these words we use today in jest, like you imbecile or you moron, and those were actual medical terms at one point. You retard, um, you know, shit like that. But uh, in saying reparations, right, I was, this is another black history moment for me right here. Okay. I did not know that, you know, the whole 40 acres and a mule thing. Was real? I knew it was real, but I didn't know to what extent it was real. I thought that that was propositioned to people in Africa to get on this boat to come over to America because we're promising you 40 acres and a mule. And it was signed into law. This shit was on the books. It's real, but that was also what was promised. That was promised to the slaves if they fought for the Union Army. All I know. And then, yeah, look, look at it. They told them, you fight with us for freedom and we will give you 40 acres and a mule. I know. Basically, Lincoln signed that shit into effect. Mm-hmm. So that was a law that mm-hmm. black people got 40 acres and a mule. And, and there was a few other things, too, in there. So President Lincoln got assassinated, like, I want to say days after signing that into effect. So whoever came in behind Johnson. him. Johnson. <laughs> which Johnson? Andrew Johnson. Andrew Johnson was after Lincoln? Yes. I remember hearing that he was a mean motherfucker. So he pretty much, he obliterated that. And that's where the whole 40 acres in a mule thing comes from. It was actual legislation that was signed into effect by President Lincoln to give people as reparations who may or may not have served in, in the Union Army um, 40 acres in a mule. Mm-hmm. I, what, I always thought it was a proposition just to trick people to get them over here because that sounds that sounds like some shit a white dude would say. <laughs> hey, you roll jump jump in this van with me, and I'm gonna give you a house. Shit, that sound good to me. Okay, <laughs> and having said that, though, I want to put it out there: eugenics is still in effect in today's age. It just like Jim Crow. Well, the, the new, new Jim Crow. Jim Crow. Uh huh. The new eugenics. It is just taking a diff- taking a different form, and that form is going to be twisting your arm, basically. Yes, if you want out, snip yourself. Mm-hmm. If you want out, kill your chances of having more children. If you want your children back, if you want, or I think if you don't want to pay, if you don't want to go to jail for, for not yeah, paying child support, yeah, you know, less than thirty. You know, you want to lessen your sentence by thirty days. Go and get this implant or get a vasectomy. So, I mean, honestly, I don't. And, and you know, this judge in Tennessee, a part of his justification, he says that it's not eugenics because these are things that are reversible. But I don't give a damn if it's reversible or not. How are you going to position this? Do this, do this, and I'll give you this. And speaking of uh, reversible, right, and listening to uh, Dr. Barry, Dr. Barry Pierre, uh, Lunch Learn at Lunch Learn Pod, uh, one of his episodes, it might have been a couple of weeks ago, he was talking about uh, complications, right? Mm-hmm. As far as surgery, there is no such thing as a surgery that will not have any complications, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of doctors don't tell you what the complications are because the the like the likeliness of that happening is real slim. However, every time you have a procedure done, there is a risk of complications. So in saying that with these sterilizations, the um the court like you you uh trade your, your dick for right. uh freedom thirty days, that there can be complications with that that can 
ultimately cause something else to go wrong that normally wouldn't in that case. And then talking about it being reversible, there's, there's, there's a chance more that complications. You, the thing is, even though you go in and you reconnect, there is a chance that you still cannot have children. There is a chance that, that it will not, the reversal will not be effective. So who wants to take that chance? Not me for 30 days. I do the time. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, short my sentence by 30 days or I get now the ladies, the women in this particular case, that four year implant, I can take it out and be right back. Right. In, so you think in business. Right. Because I can tell you firsthand. And by firsthand, that means I, I witnessed it. It didn't happen to me. Okay. But um, I, just, I, I was wondering what you yeah. were going with that one. Uh, Becky was on birth control for years and years and years and years. Uh, Becky stopped taking birth control. And also, I remember Model E uh, talking about this, too, on one of her episodes. But when you stopped taking birth control how can you can you give us a little bit of insight um as far as bouncing back and being normal again were you normal no wait wait we're always normal Mm, it ain't normal when you wake up one morning you go to stretch and now you gotta change your draws (laughs) that ain't normal man look i don't even want to know about that i don't even want to know about that so the reason i bring that up though is once there's, you take that out, it right. Yeah. There's always, like you said, there's always cause and effect. Even though you take it out, they may there may still be complications, mm-hmm. and you you may never be able to get right again. So, ask an attorney, attorney, mm. attorney, attorney, mm. attorney, masturbating neighbor. Wow. I live in a smaller community where all of the buildings are one level Shoot within no. five in each side of the building. Mm-hmm. I live at the end of the sidewalk. The neighbor directly next to me is very nice, works in the same <laughs> industry as I, never disrespectful. The neighbor next to him, though, is a bit of an exhibitionist mm. or just plain old creep. <laughs> I've noticed before that his blinds will be cracked and he has porn hub on his giant TV. I'm mad that you know it was porn hub. <laughs> um okay, well maybe Wait, what's porn hub? Porn hub is a free pornography website. There's porn hub, there's um Xtube, there's XNXX, I think. No, I'm mad that you know more than two. Shit, I watch porn. Ugh, you um, nasty. You got beat off to something. Um, so uh, the where are we at, man? The neighbor next to him is a bit of an explanation. Expedition. No, 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 no. Exhibitionist. <laughs> Come on, man. Man, I had it right the first time, man. <laughs> okay, so he left his blinds open. This happened again. Just the blinds open as I walked by, so I just turned away. I was only running to my car to get something. Couple minutes max. When I returned to my apartment by taking the sidewalk that ends at my door. He has propped the door open and is sitting on the couch nude with both hands in his lap and his hands are moving. Mm. All I was trying to do was walk back to my damn apartment, (laughs) not see my neighbor masturbating. So my boyfriend came over later that night. Same thing. Four days later, same thing. Door propped open, sitting on his couch, fully nude, jerking off. I made a complaint to the apartment complex. Not sure what will come of it, but I'm worried that children can see this from the houses that are next to us. We are all ground level, so all the houses next to us can see right inside. This makes me uncomfortable thinking that maybe kids could see them. So although my sidewalk ends by my door, many people walk their dogs, kids on bikes, etc., I thought he was only doing it at night, but last night when it happened again, it was very light out. At what point can I call the cops? Can I call the cops? Yes. Call the cops now. You can call the cops for anything. All right. Yeah. Like, call the cops. Call the police now. Um, you should approach him. Ask him if he needs a hand. For real? Or two. Really? Or three. Wait, really? Yeah. At this point, I would I would definitely call the cops and I'd actually throw some shit out there so they take it a little more serious. Now, this is probably not the right thing to do, so we'll chalk this up as a legal lie. But I would say 
I would call 911 and say that there's your neighbor is masturbating with his door open as he is butt naked. Um, and little kids are standing outside of his door wondering what he's doing. No, basically. I ba- throw some kids in there. that get the popo <laughs> out there fast. Basically, um, he he really is breaking the law. What you do. Wait, jerking off is breaking the law? When you're doing it publicly, when you are being an exhibitionist. So right now, if we're sitting here and I'm jerking off my blinds, no blinds, whatever people can look in, I'm breaking the law. Wait, who's who can see you? Neighbors. Wait, can your neighbors see you right now? Yeah, if I can see that window, that window can see me. So in that particular case, if you strip and you walk around and your neighbors can see you, you are breaking the law. It's indecent exposure. I'm in my house. Doesn't matter. I got a privacy. Put some, put some, put some, you don't. I have a privacy put fence. Some, that's just like, wait, now we're going to go back to this uh, attractive nuisance situation. <laughs> I know I am an attractive no, you nuisance. Are, no, I know. you're just a nuisance. But that's just like you have a fence around your house. But mm-hmm. you have a pool in your backyard mm-hmm. and any one of these children jump your fence and drown in your pool. That's on them. No, it's not. It's actually on you. Bullshit. That's attractive, why I got a fence around it. Attractive nuisance. This attractive nuisance is protected <laughs> within it's not, it's not city protected. ordinances. It's not protected enough. So indecent exposure is basically what. The law that this person is breaking, the fact that he has his door open and in an entryway where anybody passing by can see him. Also, the blinds are open and he's sitting on this chair naked. What he is doing in decent exposure, jail time, call the cops. According to last week's episode or the week before last, whatever week that was when we had Paul on. If you're in the South, police ain't going to do shit no ways. (laughs) So that wraps up another episode of Black Law and Legal Lies, where we specialize in the legal lies. Uh, If you enjoy the show, please like, subscribe, uh, rate five stars. You can follow us on Twitter at Black Law Podcast. You can follow me at I am Dan on Drugs. Man, you should have said that I at I tell legal lies. Yes. And um, just a heads up for all our listeners. We have moved recording spaces. So if there's some inconsistencies with the audio over the next couple of episodes, we're just trying to work the bugs out so we can be more comfortable. See, because we were crammed into a 10 by 10 studio. Wait, you guys three, see all that? Four people. And now we lavish out here. I can kick, kick my legs up and shit. How, how you like it out here, Becky? I'm loving it out here. Ba-da, I don't have to be as close to you. Mm. You don't what? She said she didn't want to smell you no more. <laughs> but yeah, she got her feet out in here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Peace out, people. Laters.